Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. It is 8 p.m. It is. Thursday, February 4th. And um, we're coming to you on the rare occasion this year of a, of a day after a loss. So, did, did not expect that one. Yeah. Did you see it coming? Did you not see it coming? I'm going to guess you did not see it coming. And I'm certainly going to guess that even if you saw it coming, you certainly didn't expect it to come like that. That was, that was terrible. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We pushed, we pushed recording this podcast after whatever. Shit was getting delayed, and I was like, oh, this will be no big deal. We'll win this St. John's game. This will be easy to talk about. And here we are. Got to fucking talk about losing by 11. And it wasn't even close for most no. of the second half. No, no, that was a game where it was like, that was a game where I kept saying to myself, can we just hit like a series of like four or five threes in a row and get lucky and win this game? Like, because there was no part of me that felt like we deserved in any shape or like, could we steal it? That was kind of how I kept saying, yeah, I kept watching the game to see if we were going to steal it because like, we certainly weren't going to earn it. Uh, no. Yeah, we got, we got outplayed. I mean, we definitely had an off game. A lot of guys had an off game. But we got outplayed. Yeah, we got outplayed. We deserve to lose. There's, no doubt, there's no doubt about it. And you know what? To a certain degree, there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't know. It like, happens. Like, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll get into everything that went wrong. Don't get us wrong. But, like, but like, yeah. we. It's just funny because, like, to your point about how we pushed the co- podcast back, there were so many things that happened in the last week that just kind of, like, fucked with the schedule a little bit. And so, like, and so, like I was just, like, sitting there, like, okay, we're going to podcast after the Seton Hall game. Because we're going to play UConn and Seton Hall, and then we're going to have a lot to talk about on Sunday night, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to have a lot to say. Then UConn gets canceled, and I'm like, all right, well, what do we do with this? I don't know, whatever. Seton Hall game comes. We look awesome. I'm, I'm tweeting out shit after the Seton Hall game, being like, being like, yo, I know Gonzaga and Baylor are better than everybody right now, but, like, we can come out. We can win. Like, we'll just give them hell in a cell. We're going to slow the game down. We're going to play our tempo and, and, and we're going to, and we're going to dictate all of that stuff and just be so steady. And they're not going to be used to our level of aggressiveness and we could beat them. Like, like if we made it to, if we made it to the final four, like I wouldn't want to play us if I were them. Like <laughs> I had like talked to myself all the way into that. And then St. John's comes up and they're like, yeah, we're like, you know, a middle of the road, big East team, which they actually are in credit to them. I think a lot of people Strange. thought, I think a lot of people thought they were, were bottom half of the beast because of just how they've been of late, but they've actually been, they've actually, they're actually middle of the road this year. Um, I think a lot of people just said, well, they're not teams I'm normally scared of. So we're going to go out, we're going to beat them and then we'll just move on. So like, this is just a, this game is just one of those games that has to be played throughout the course of Big East season. Yeah. And, and yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> it really, it really didn't. And it's interesting you mentioned the scheduling thing for us too. I also wonder how much that fucks with the guy's head as well. Like the team's head, you know, you've got to be mentally ready for a game and you've got one set of games in your head coming up and then all of a sudden things change and there are question marks. And obviously that didn't change the first game that was coming up, which was St. John's. 
But you have to imagine just the back and forth of what's going on. Are we mentally all into this game? Do we have to stagger ourselves a little bit to be ready for the weekend? And therefore, I now need to pare back a little bit. How does that all fit in if you're a player? I don't know if it changes things totally, but I have to imagine it does impact things. If it impacts our the deep work that we put into podcasting, I have to imagine it definitely impacts the folks who are actually running on the court. And we do a yeah. lot of we do a lot of work to me the podcast, especially on, exactly. a, on a very consistent basis this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we managed expectations too. We did. Years. We said it was going to be unpredictable. It's been far yeah. more unpredictable than we expected. Of, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so, but let's, I want to talk about a couple of things. I do want to talk about St. John's. Do you want to start in St. John's and then work our way back? Or do you want to, what do you want to do? Yeah, sure. We can, we can start there. Let's, I, I, I guess let's start there. That's yeah. Fine. Let's not bury the lead. Everyone wants to talk about St. John's game. Well, no one wants to ask. Nobody wants to talk about it, yeah. but, but they, they probably feel like, all right, we need to address this. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I, I think, I think we could talk about St. John's in relation to the other games we had before it as well. And like kind of put the picture together too. Yeah. So look, here's what happened yesterday, and I want to talk about them as a program a little bit because we had the, we talked about them on the podcast a little bit earlier in the year where we were talking about Mike Anderson, um, the head coach, just not having like the ability to finish last year, mm, and we talked yeah. about like St. John's was actually coming along like looking decent at the at the very very end of last year and was up on Creighton at halftime and Creighton was. Creighton's good this year. They were better last year so far. Um, and they were good. And I mean, they were without Zagorowski, but St. John's was up on them on the half. And that was a team that was still, regardless, expected to win. Yeah. Um, and was the one seed, I believe. Yeah, was the one seed in the Big East tournament. So they're playing St. John's. And St. John's didn't get the opportunity to finish that game off. And that was that. Um, and... And then we were talking about them earlier in the year being like, well, it sucks that they didn't get that opportunity because now Mike Anderson, like they had a couple losses early in the season. Mike Anderson's not getting the benefit of doubt from winning a big March game last year. And the fan base is going to be frustrated. Well, since that point, they've actually gone off and won a lot of a a decent amount of games. I believe they're six and six in the big East. I mean, that's not like, that's not amazing in this year. But now, like after beating us, they're firmly in the bubble conversation. Firmly in the bubble conversation, which is wild. Yeah, wild. And and I can tell you that this is a team with a lot of youngsters who played really fucking hard for this guy. Like like I understand that they probably had yesterday was like a their Super Bowl game because it was us. But like this is a team that I've watched. A, I don't. I haven't. I haven't been as good at watching everybody with COVID this year. But like. But, like, this is a team I've watched a little bit of because both of my parents went to St. John's. And this is a team that's been, like, very aggressive. They play with that level of tenacity and spark quite frequently. I um, Sorry, I didn't realize this. They've won five in a row now. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Including beating us and, well, Marquette used to be a good win. Marquette sucks. But they beat Marquette a long way as well. Yeah. So, like – so like this is a team that's played its way onto the bubble, and candidly, if I had to guess, they're going to play their way into the tournament, and maybe safely. Like they, th- this is a team that is improving a lot as they go along. And again, a team of youngsters. Um, Posh Alexander, I swear that kid had like just he was he wasn't like recharging, like he wasn't like just getting a breather on the bench. He was like getting like. 
quickly recharge because that guy was energizer bunny, just chasing everyone around like crazy. So I'm not making any excuses. We should beat St. John's, but like, but like we're the number three team in the country. We should beat St. John's. Yeah. But, but at their place, weird season, weird situation. And their team is like coming up quick. I, I, I think if you play it back and understand the fact pattern, have a little bit more of that context, the situation, it doesn't make the loss much better, but it makes the, it makes it being like, okay, that was a more losable game than you might've thought going into it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's break down a little bit of what, what actually happened though, to, to cause this loss. Cause it was, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of factors that played into this defensively. They were the first team that we've run into this year who consistently pressed us and the press worked. It definitely rattled yeah. us. It started off. I didn't think it was, it was funny when they were talking earlier, they're like, Oh yeah, St. John's presses. And they were doing one of these casual single, like one man press things, which I never really understand. Cause it's not all that effective. It, it never really disrupts anything, maybe slows you down, but then they actually started to, to increase the press and, it really worked. It wore us down. Yeah. We had multiple, uh, multiple 10 second violations, just couldn't get the ball across the court. We had multiple turnovers in the backcourt. And even when we did get the ball across half court, we were 10 seconds into the shot clock and just didn't have enough time to really get into a good offense. And all of that together really just wore us down. And when the second half came around, they didn't stop and we just got more and more tired. And I don't know whether it was the tiredness playing into it, but we couldn't hit a shot. It was terrible. So good defense on their part compounded by just terrible, terrible shooting on our part made this not a winnable game for us. And like you and I were talking about before this, the guy who we talk about all the time, who's the driver of this team, Colin Gillespie was rattled. Yeah. I cannot think of another time of Colin in a leader capacity where he's been so rattled. It just hasn't happened. And really because you're talking about a small sample set, right? You're talking about last year when we didn't really have terrible losses. We had losses, but Colin was pretty steady and we had other guys leaning in. And we obviously hadn't seen it this year either. And when you look at the stat line and Colin goes 0 for 8 from 3 and I think has 4 points, if you tell me those are Colin's stats at the end of whatever game it is we're playing. I'm going to assume that's a loss. We've talked yeah. about how important yeah. he is. If Colin is rattled and Colin is not going, this team is not going to go. Full stop. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100% agree. We've seen what this team looks like when Colin is not on the court taking a breather. Yeah. And this time you had Colin on the court, but not on the court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, and, and I've sung Colin's praises his entire career. I've been pleasantly surprised, impressed, love him, like whatever. But you call out, call out. I think he'd be the, I think if he was on this podcast right now, he'd be the first to tell you that he put his chicken in. Yeah. Like, like, and, and that's not a, that's not a hate. It's just, it just kind of is what happened. And I trust that it probably won't happen again this season. Yeah. So like, so like he's also in a shooting rut, which actually carried over from the Seton Hall game, um, and no one bailed him out this game. Um, oh my God! No, nobody, nobody. Yeah, and, and and Colin was a little bit tentative, and I think uh, I think you are. I think what you said was right about their press rattling us and the wearing down 
aspect. Because, like, you might think, like, okay, they're going to tire out or they're just going to start to maybe not put their hands up as much and not defend as actively. Pressing an entire game is going to be tiring. And no, they did not. And the result of that was mental lapses on our end. And candidly, I said on Twitter yesterday, I said, this is the least Villanova basketball game we've played in some time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm talking about the concept of, oh, did you play Villanova? We didn't play Villanova basketball. Like, the team yesterday did not play Villanova basketball at all. There was no Villanova basketball happening. Yeah. At all, yes. No, you talk team, talk about turnovers, talk about everything. It wasn't there. Yeah, turnovers, passing to the wrong place. Like, even when it wasn't a turnover, the passes were bad. Like, no one, people weren't getting, like, normal things. Like, like we shoot a lot of threes and we hit a lot of threes. One of the reasons why we shoot and hit a lot of threes is because passes hit the, the, the shooting pocket of the shooter. So, like, he gets, he catches it in rhythm and up with a good shot. And, like, that's one of the reasons why we're so good at shooting threes is because these guys tee it up. The passers on this team tee it up for their teammates. Even when a pass was completed yesterday that wasn't a um, that wasn't a turnover and it was like maybe good passing, because we were rattled, like the passes were low. Like I can't remember so many times, like oh, oh guys catching the ball at his ankle, like whatever. And it doesn't show up in this. It doesn't show up in the box score. Yeah, but it shows up in how you play the game. Yeah. So, like, if you're not keeping – if you're unable to put the defense on its heels to good, efficient, crisp passing, then you can't get what you're trying to get done. And so, as a result of that, it looked like they had six – it looked like they had six defenders on the court at all times because it'd be like, well, if we're going to shoot a three, I know it's getting blocked. Oh, we're going to – or we have to upfake for this because he caught it in the wrong spot and where you normally be able to get off a shot, he has to upfake it and hopefully get inside and then make a bad pass to somebody else who then gets blocked at the rim. And, like, we got blocked like oh a my thousand gosh. times. Yesterday. I can't remember a game so like, like that. Was, yeah, so strange. So, like, so, so like everything – they were doing – they were getting whatever they wanted defensively from us. And that had a lot to do with the fact that we weren't sharp, like making good passes, good decisions, et cetera. So the, the, team, was, the team was totally out of sorts. A lot of that's on Colin. Um, you know, more didn't help, you know – no one really helped. No, anyone. nobody helped. L- listen to these. Listen yeah. to these shooting lines. J. Rob five for fourteen. Okay, it's it's not great. Samuels one for six. Terrible. Moore three for eleven. Terrible. Colin two for twelve. Abysmal. Caleb four for ten. Okay, that's kind of passable. And he was three for seven from three. He's kind of the only one doing anything. Dixon. Dixon was a nice light. Two for three. Cole was two for five. But the headline was. Your big playmakers, the guys we talk about, this is funny, right? The point we've made on multiple podcasts is the multitude of ways in which this team can kill you and somebody else can step up if one of the guys is having an off night and go for 20 or 25 or whatever it is. And what we saw yesterday was what happens when nobody can actually step up. We had nobody hit 20 points. And a lot of people were far below their season averages, obviously, since we yeah. scored 59 points. So that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. And I think we need to talk about a couple other things, too, because we, we're, we're, now in, we're now in February of, of this year. And I realize we've played less games. We've had a month off, et cetera, and we've got to make up time. But Jay's got to do something with, these, with, the, with, the, with the second level players on this. Because 
Like, uh, look, you got to blame your stars if you don't win games because th- those are your stars and those are the guys you count on to be consistent and good and fair enough. But like, there's no, there's no answer. We don't know. If, we have no answer if they're not on if they're not on their game. None. Like Swider Swider is never going to be faster than he's ever. He just cannot be. Like so, like he's just going to get blown by and get shaken off, and, like with the smallest dribble moves, etc. Because he just cannot stay in front of a guy or move with him on defense. And well, and wait, so wait. He's, De- he's, defense aside, he can't. He doesn't even do much offensively. He he. You, you can't even get a game where he hits double digits. Like you've got to have. Yeah. Those second guys, you've got to have somebody but, there who's giving you more than ten points in a in an outing when you need them, right? He's yeah. got one, two games but, of double digits, ridiculous. But my my point on bringing up Swider is actually not directly a, about him in particular, but it's the fact that he's like the one of the only guys who plays significant minutes off the bench for this team. Like Slater, no offense, to, contributed nothing from an offensive standpoint. Um, um, Dixon did, to your point, to your credit. Um, so, so I agree that Dixon was a was probably the bright spot yesterday. That and Caleb seemed a little bit more in rhythm, yeah. which was a which was positive. He had been a little bit struggling since coming back. Um, so it's good to see Caleb kind of more back in the flow. But like, but like Slater's nothing. I mean, we keep talking about how Antoine is this theoretical existence. I mean, whatever. and I realize, look, it's such a typical thing. Oh, you lose your game, and now you care about. Well, I'm like, I, yeah. In reality, yes, because because we got exposed, and now I'm like, well, okay, well, is Jay bringing along no, Antoine? He's not. Like, of course, he's yeah. Not. Like we we've made this yeah. clear. He's don't expect Antoine to play. It's not happening. Yeah, and they keep they keep saying on the po- they keep saying on the broadcast and stuff like that. Like, oh, you're Jay Wright says whatever. He's lying. Yeah, like, yeah. Lying. Like, oh, Antoine right. is dressed today. Like, who cares? Yeah, he got up. He got yeah, up and put right. on pants. Like. He's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> Until I see Antoine playing a game, I'm not going to believe that he's going to play in a game. I won't even believe it's it just... when I see it. I'm just going to deny it. I'm going. To, I'm a Brian Antoine <laughs> denier. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, like Trey Patterson, I have no expectations of, but like, apparently, he's coming along nicely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming along means. nicely too. When am I going to get on the court? <laughs> I think at this rate, I'll be on the court before Antoine. God. I've improved a lot <laughs> in, in playing basketball in the last 15 years. Um, but you have but – you, but you, so you have, you have all these things. So, like, it's like, okay, well, where do you go next? Because like, – and, like, we keep treating, like, Slater and Swider like they're young. No. Come along. These they're juniors. juniors. They're, and they're almost, they're almost done. Like, like, we were talking about Slater two years ago being, like, Slater didn't want a red shirt. His family decided he didn't want a red shirt. Okay. Well then, fine. Well then, either way, like you could be, you could be good in your second year as a sure. player, as a four-star recruit, yeah. like Slater was. So, like I don't know, by like the time of his back half of his third year on campus, I think he'd be like capable of filling in, like playing twenty plus minutes a game, and like be capable offensively and whatever. So, like I- I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated on that. Dude, point. there's like, there's yeah. no development. Wider and Slater. Are the same player they were when they came in as freshmen. It, it really does seem like that. It really does seem like that. I, I feel like Swider is a bit better from shooting from a shooting perspective, but not a whole lot. And I'm, I'm like, I like, I, I, I want to see development. Like I thought we were actually starting to see a little bit with Slater, like back in December. Like he played a good good game against Georgetown. I remember. Um, and he was starting to see some minutes. And then I also remember him playing good defensively on um, 
we, we saw him starting to be at the top of that, you know, one, two, two, you know, three court press. Like I was like, okay, here we go. Here's Slater coming in, whatever. And like, yeah, he played, yeah, he played yeah. minutes. But this is not this is the guy who should be getting like twenty minutes a game. And what what do you he what got, do you get? He got thirteen yesterday. Forget forgettable 13. thirteen. Yeah, forgettable thirteen where he didn't do much of anything. And like, no, if you're gonna be on the court for thirteen minutes, you have to have an impact. Yeah. So like look, this game is not about blame Slater. No, it's not no, Slater's no. fault we lost. But like at the same time, like there there needs to be some expectations for our for our like I'm not even talking about deep bench here. Like I'm talking about six, seven, eight yeah. guys. No, I mean look, it's it's same thing. Uh, again, we always like to we always like to go back to twenty eighteen, but it's like if we rewind and you think about what role did Dada and Colin twenty eighteen, it wasn't expected to be starter impact. But it was expected to be come in, do your job, do it well, and get off the court. And they did. They came in. Like, you, you basically yeah. knew what you were getting. Colin would come in. He'd, like, dribble the ball around. Like, he's kind of a good ball handler. He'd hit a couple threes. He would inevitably hit a couple threes. Inevitably. Every single game. Like, every single game. Yeah. And Dada, yeah. even as a freshman, she's like, yeah, like, he's around the hoop. He's broadly going to finish it. He's good for a few rebounds. You knew exactly what you were going to get. We get none of that. It's a question mark every time Swider and Slater step onto the floor. You you can't rely on them for anything. So to your point, when the top five are all having an off night, there is nowhere else to go. While our top five give us a lot of firepower, there's zero after that. We have nothing. We have nothing. That's become quite clear. Yeah. And and look, uh, uh, am I? Do I? Are we in the end of the world situation? No, no, no. absolutely not. I actually, like, I actually would think, like, you know, St. John's game. A, a big part of me is like, I don't want to write it off because I think you shouldn't write off when you get exposed. Sure. But like, because the game was so uncharacteristic of us, like, so uncharacteristic, like things that I haven't seen in four years. I'm inclined to believe that a lot of it was an aberration. Yeah. Um, but. But they, these are still points that, yeah, the loss definitely made me think about it a little bit deeper on. But like we, like yeah, we, we have we have things that need to get worked out, like issues that need to be addressed in the immediate term. And I think the three biggest ones are Slater, Swider, and Jay's progression with Andy. And like I, those to me are the biggest issues. I'm not worried about Colin. I'm not no, worried about no, Colin no. hitting shots. I'm not worried about Colin ball handling. I'm not worried about this team's passing because they've shown that ever, except this past game, they've been a very competent passing group. But they tend to play more iso ball than, than teams on Villanova past, but they were starting to get much better crisper on passing. Samuels, I mean, Samuels is Samuels to a certain degree, but he's come along enough of late that I'll give him a pass for this game. Daniels, as we said, was was decent. Um, you know, Robinson Earl has you know been hit or miss a little bit on his way back from COVID, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, and more is more. I, the one thing I'll say about more is when, when, when the going was getting tough yesterday, I felt like more did press a little bit. Like now sometimes the pressing ended up being hurtful, but like, I appreciate a sophomore's like desire to like mix totally. things up and try and change the cards yeah. a little bit. So like, so like, am I worried about the top five guys? No, not really. But like so, so that's why I'm like focusing down and being like, okay, like what well, we need the bench to yeah. be a bench, like it's actually satisfactory totally. if this team wants to make yeah. a deep run. No, yeah, yeah, big picture, like it's a bit of an aberration, but it does raise questions of if things go wrong at the top, we don't have anything else to fall back on. So yeah. does it does it change your expectations yeah. for where we end up at the end of the season? 
It doesn't for me. I still see this team as – I still see we're, we're a Final Four team. We still have flaws. I think relative to the rest of the field at this point, everybody's got question marks. It's such a weird year. We've got as good of a shot as anybody to be in that Final Four. So I don't, I don't think it really shifts anything in my mind. Do, 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 does it shift anything in my mind? No. But I would say a little bit like TBD, if I see this happen again – then I'm going to, then, then yes. Then all of a sudden, like what I was willing to put in the box and, and kind of separate a little bit, I am now willing to be like, Oh shit, this is yeah. now a trend. Like, so like, especially in a shortened season where you have to come up with trends after a couple games, like if the sample size increases by one, <laughs> then all of a sudden this is a trend in the context yeah, I, of this my, year. My, my so, push on that is like, you know, if, if you're so bullish after Seton, after the Seton Hall game, which like we all were, we're like, yeah, that was great, solid win. You can't go from being that bullish to my view has changed so much based on another single game. So I, I'd have to see, I'd go so far as to say it would be more than another game. It'd be another couple games. Like, look, and frankly, if it's, if it's Georgetown, if we have the same issue with Georgetown that we did the first time around, that's going to raise a question mark. Like, come on, guys, this team blows. Like, just just move on and, and absolutely dominate them. We need to get back to that. Yeah. But I'd still need to see it a couple more games before I'd, I'd really get yeah. concerned. Now, right now, we're scheduled to play St. John's again. So, like, I'm actually very interested in the follow-up St. Mm. John's game because you know they're going to run the same game. That's what they do. How they play this is actually what they do. They didn't, like – it, like maybe like some special nuances to the game plan based on personnel and what we what we bring to the table, but what they do is what they do. That's how they play the game. So I'm very curious to see our game against them on Tuesday, the 23rd, which is the current scheduled date of the game. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. So like so like so like if I if I see that game and we play kind of similar to how we did and we're rattled and we don't handle them. I am going to all of a sudden say, well, shit, I hope West Virginia's not <laughs> in the bracket. Do they still, is press Virginia still a thing? They still do that? Yeah, they, they, they still press. They still, they still, you know, it's, is it what it was when they had Butler? No, but like, you know, it's still like, you know, it's still, it's still hell in a cell. So, you know, tough. Um, as what John Rothstein said, tougher than a long weekend at your <laughs> inbox. <laughs> That's what he said Johnny R, baby. Johnny R. Yeah. So, all right. So that's that. That's the that's the St. John's game. We spent yeah. a lot of time on. Um, I, look, the Seton Hall game was great. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think we I think we on the cover. It's like big picture. Like, yeah, like that game was good. And you put the two together, you kind of end up at like, yeah, we feel good. Just don't don't let stuff get fucked up. Do we? Do we even have an alpha dog? Oh shit, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> St. John's. St. John's gets the alpha. They had a they had a couple of nasty dunks. Oh, quick side note: this is driving me nuts. Because the, there was nobody in there and the gym was so small, the audio, whoever it was, you could hear everybody screaming everything. I was so pissed off when they were throwing down those dunks. I was just like, get over yourself. It's, I mean, it's a big win. I get it. But, man, I was, I was over that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, um, in terms of Alpha Dog, it's got to be J-Rob. This is talking about the J, J-Rob's from Samuels had a good game, but I think J-Rob gets the... I mean, 20, 23 the points game. in 20 minutes? I mean, I know he sat out a lot of this and half. Yeah. Like, damn, that's just hyper-efficient. Yeah, it was ridiculous. He was ridiculous. I I, I would say it's J-Rob. Um, Gillespie, I mean, everyone was yeah. good in the Seton Hall. I mean, 80 to 72. And we and we also, like... we It really wasn't yeah. that close. 
like the game wasn't it was an eight point game at the end of it. It wasn't that close. We dominated them thoroughly throughout the entire yeah. course of that. You game. know, maybe Samuels does get a nod because he was I mean, he was around more. He obviously played more of the game. J Rob, you gotta knock him down a peg or two because he did it's weird because he was so efficient, he scored twenty three points in twenty minutes, but the fact that he was out for a decent chunk of that and only played twenty minutes kind of annoys me. And I think we've talked about this before. If you're if you're on the bench as an alpha dog, that's not that's not good. You shouldn't be on the bench as an alpha dog. An alpha dog is on the court. Yeah, Maybe. alpha dogs on the court. More more though. Sixteen five four five from deep. More was good. Everyone played good. You know what? I'm ball. changing my vote. Um, I'm gonna give it to Samuels. Samuels. Oh, I'm down. Samuels. Samuels. There it is. Alpha dog. Shaq fit man play of the week. Oh my so god! Like it seems ago. forever ago, man. <laughs> Ages. Uh, I'm going. I'm going that Samuel's had an alpha dog. <laughs> Just blanket. I mean, Shaq a shock fit moment is yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Colin almost jumped over chairs at one point in time, like similar to like uh, an Archie Diacono moment. But that's true. I do remember. I don't know the exact moment, but I'm, I'm giving. Right. It he did have that nice alley oop layup with the beat the shot clock. It's not really a shock fit play, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty tight. I agree with that. Um, all right, fine. That's all it. right, That's him. <laughs> we'll say it was athletic. That's why we'll give it to him. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so I want to talk about one, a couple of things. We keep we keep coming back to scheduling. I want to talk about scheduling because there's a couple of things that came up in the last week that were perplexing. Okay, so on Tuesday night of last week, uh, UConn played, I believe it was Butler, and and they and then they were supposed to play us on Thursday. Um, and we were we had previewed that game. We were all excited for it. It was supposed to be like a big matchup. Okay, these two these two heavyweights that have collectively won seven titles between the two of them, meeting in conference play for the first time since 2012. It's supposed to be a big deal, the whole nine yards. And then it got canceled because a referee at the Butler Yukon game apparently had the had the Rona. The Rony. So. So, so UConn's on shutdown as a result of that to be play it safe, and so he didn't play that game. That information came out late Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. In the intervening period of time, mind you, we were going to play a game on Thursday night in Storrs, Connecticut. In the intervening period, the Big East did nothing, zero things to get another game on the calendar on that Thursday night. Nothing, nothing. We did nothing. No one did. Big East didn't do it. Villanova didn't do it. Nobody scheduled the game for that Thursday night. We are down. I want to remind everybody. We are down four games off of what we should be in the Big East conference schedule, let alone not having played Virginia uh, and having and having one of those games canceled as well. So, like, so like we're down several games in the season. I'm not expecting us to make up all of them by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe in the Big East, but not whatever. But like you could, okay. Now you had a plan to play the game. They were gonna, we were gonna play Thursday, Saturday. That was the that was the drill that was previously agreed upon. And you can't tell me you can't find another opponent. See, this goes back to the discussion we had before. You were so confident we were gonna make up these games, and what was my my over under was zero point five. Based on the Big East yeah. recent actions, I seem to be trending right towards the right answer on this one. Yeah, so you you look good right now. I'm going to give you that credit because here's what's happening then. Okay, so then we're supposed to play Xavier this upcoming weekend. Xavier game get canceled because of the Rony. <laughs> the Rony. Um, <laughs> and, and, and now 
it was like, okay, well, Villanova's schedule is clear for the weekend. All of a sudden, there's tweets coming out. Mark Few from Gonzaga. Yo, Jay, you want to play? I heard you're open. Like, they want they want to play us. Sli- he's, he's like, he's like, like sliding yeah, we'll be- Jay's DMs. He's like, hey man. Yeah, basically, right? Yeah, heard you free. You want you, want, <laughs> yeah, you, you up? You up? <laughs> yeah, so Mark Fuse texting Jay Wright, like, you up. And Jay's like, I gotta see, I gotta check with I gotta check with my wife. And then the Big East is just like, no, you need to schedule a play like Georgetown. <laughs> Yeah. So, by the way, like, there was legitimate noise. Like, Mark Few wanted to play us. And, like, Jay wanted to play it, too, because the way Jay responded was, like, yeah, well, we'd love to play people, but, like, we have our responsibility to be. So, Jay kind of, like, played the right angle to the right degree. He had to say, he had to say what you got to say. But, like, you could tell by that statement that Jay was going to get these guys on a plane and we were going to meet somewhere in the middle of America and, and play Gonzaga. Like, this was going to happen. And then... Like, all of a sudden, news breaks. Villanova's playing Georgetown. Who was already on the schedule to be played? Like, this is not – we're not playing a makeup game versus Georgetown. We've taken a game from later on in the season versus Georgetown and just moved it up to this weekend. Insanity. So instead of playing the number one team in the country, which, like, I agree, we should play Big East. So, like, to that extent, I get it. But, like, instead of playing the number one team in the country, we are now playing a game that we were going to play anyway just a yo, week yo. earlier. My counter argument, you're like, oh, yeah, we should play Big East teams. I agree. Bullshit. This is 2020, 2021 season. Anything goes. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter uh, yes. who calls you. If you've got a, if you've got a date with Georgetown, you're, you're on the altar with Georgetown, you say, fuck them. Mark Few calls. You dump Georgetown's ass. You get on the plane. You meet them in Omaha. You meet them in Hawaii. You meet them wherever they want to meet. And you play Gonzaga. 2021 is an aberration. You do whatever because nobody will care. There is, there's like no history. What are they going to do? Be like, oh yeah, we're mad at, the Big East is mad at Villanova. No, we are the Big East. Come on, we talked about this. We do what we want, especially this year. Rob's strategy with Villanova is with the Big East is Villanova. 100% first. baby. Villanova first. It's 2021. This shit is wild. This is once in so, a lifetime. Take so, advantage, so, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I, I, like, look, I'm largely with you. Well, my, my, my whole point in saying that. I wish Jay would have gotten on the phone with, with Patrick Hume and be like, fuck you. Get your program together. We're playing Mark Few. You suck. <laughs> So to that point, Georgetown then turns around last night and they beats still Creighton. suck. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, no, they suck. We should uh. beat the shit out of them. But like, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. My point was more to say that that like it's one thing if we made up a game. And I'm saying I still with you that like Gonzaga is the best option. And I'm on that board. I'm on the. I'm on. The, I'm on. The, I'm on that. Just to let you know, I'm on it. Like we should have played Gonzaga. That should have been the thing. If we were open, they were open. And everyone could have made it work. We should have fucking played Gonzaga. No questions asked. No debate. That's it. Period. End of story. I agree. It's COVID year. It's weird. Get weird. Right. Play Gonzaga. But, but with that being said, the most appalling thing is to take a game that was already scheduled. This is not a makeup game. I cannot get. I cannot stress this enough. This is not a makeup yeah. game. We are not making up 
a basketball game by virtue of playing Georgetown. The only argument you could make is by moving up Georgetown to this date, we are now freeing up more dates in the calendar to, to schedule more games to make up some other Big East games. Other than that, there is no benefit to what we're doing right now. None. There's no benefit to us playing Georgetown as opposed to playing Gonzaga like we could have played. And there's some people who are like, who are like, like I, I was on this on Twitter. I said we should have played Gonzaga. And some people were like, why? And some people were like, oh, well, you really still want to play them after St. John? Absolutely. Yeah, fuck yeah, I do. Fuck yeah, I do. We're not in danger of being the tournament people. This is a one, two worst three seed. Like, fucking relax, sack up a little bit. Like, if okay, if we lose and get our ass kicked, so be it. We lost and got our ass kicked to Oklahoma in December in 2015 in Hawaii and came back and beat them by 44 in the final four. Like, I'd rather win it, win or yeah. learn. Like, I'd rather learn. I'd rather learn. Like, I'd rather lose to Gonzaga. Yeah, we're going to learn. We're going to learn way more about our team losing to Gonzaga by 20 than we would beating Georgetown by 20. That, that game will tell us nothing. Yeah. There's nothing we get from yeah. this game. This is not a this is not a regular season to write home about. This is a regular season that's just setting up and getting people into the slated Absolutely. into the tournament that we're making anyway. There's no risk. We're no yeah. risk to make there's no risk to making the tournament. And there's no risk of us dropping below a three seed. It's not gonna happen. We're not gonna happen. And oh by the way, if you're worried about the beast, we're three games up on the next piece in the loss column. Oh, uh, well, one game up in the lost column is Xavier. Whatever. But, like, Xavier yeah. plays, like, Very four strange. games. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but, like, Creighton is, like, number two in the Big East. And they're, like, nine and four. So, that's stupid. That's a stupid fucking take. So, like, we should have fucking played Gonzaga. We shouldn't have, We shouldn't play playing Georgetown. This is stupid is. as shit. I don't give one hell of shit <laughs> about Georgetown. I really don't care about them right now. Like, like I'm all for the rivalry. I do look forward to the Georgetown game every year. Even though they suck, I look forward to them because it's, like, a thing. But right now, it's not a thing. Right now, this is like, okay, get ready because we just got to do whatever we can to make it to the Final Four and then hopefully get a game versus Gonzaga and Baylor that we can win. Agree. Agree. So that, that said, so, we should beat Georgetown by, like, 20. Yeah, I'm not even previewing that game. That's stupid. I'm – not They're previewing terrible. at a They're protest. They're terrible. We should, we should win pro- by 20. This is a, I like this it. a protest. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. This is, this is a peaceful protest against playing Georgetown. I am not going to preview the game. <laughs> Patrick Ewing's their coach. That's my preview. That's, all, that's literally all you need to know. Mic drop. Anyway. So anyway. All right. Yeah. Um, little heart Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so around the league – Around the league, we've got a bunch of guys playing a bunch of minutes. Everybody started off pretty hot. Things quieted down a little bit. But if I had to pick a guy who's standing out right now, who's actually getting a ton of minutes recently, is Jalen. We talked about this a little bit last time, I think. You know, he had, was off to a little bit of a sophomore slump last year. Didn't have a, a great year. But he's gotten a lot more playing time this year. And he's been pretty solidly contributing double digits. He averages 11 and a half points a game. He's shooting almost 40% from the three from three this year. So things are really clicking for him. And they have the past few games as well too. 12, 11, 7, 13. So like 
he's getting it done on a lot of different hills, picks up a few boards a game as well. So Jalen's kind of my standout right now in the past few games. You got a few other guys, your regulars. Josh Hart keeps doing his double-double duty. He had 15 and 13 the other day. Granted, it was against the Kings, but hey, I mean, it's still nice to see. And, and the Pelicans are terrible, but but whatever. Good to see Josh doing some things there. And definitely, I think, making a, a good name for himself. I mean, our other guys, Dante's basically playing starter minutes. He starts some games for the Bucks. Again, it is the Bucks, which is just, you know, pretty awesome. Shooting well, shooting 40% from three. So, like, he's getting it done. The one guy... He had a couple hammer dunks yeah. the other day too. He was getting he had a couple hammer dunks. Yeah. It was also it was his birthday the other day. So happy belated to Dante. The Bucks also put out check out on their Instagram. They did like a happy birthday video to Dante, and all the guys were wishing him happy birthday. It was actually kind of weird, but worth a check out. Um, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was, kind of it was weird. Kind of, like you gotta watch it. It's just like. They literally go member by member of the team and they all wish him a happy birthday. But it's like a lot of like inside jokes and stuff like that. It just doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of weird to watch. Uh, I, I, I just don't <laughs> even know how else to describe it. And then um, I'll say last but not least, Mikhail. Maybe Mikhail's had the strongest, but he's been a starter like all year. He's just kind of keeping it going. Past two games, he was shooting his shooting was off a little bit. But, you know, he's had a 20 point game just, a you know, about a week or so ago. So. He's getting it done on, on both ends of the floor, the rebounding, the shooting. So the guys just keep growing and having pretty productive careers, which is pretty awesome. Like the 2016-2018 team is, has really turned out to be a great set of pros, which no surprise to anyone here who listened to the podcast. But it's cool to see them them growing. And there's always a risk, too, that even after you get a little bit of traction, you lose it and you kind of fall back onto the bench and, you get dumped to the G League, and these guys have carved out a role in the league, and it's, it's pretty cool. So good to see that continue. Hey, look, if you're, if you're getting starter minutes or, or sometimes getting a start, that means you're, like, on the next tier off of a starter, and you're not really at risk to yeah. go down to the G League. Like, like you've kind of you're, – you're, you're right now out of, the, um, out of the woods a little bit from that perspective. You could always, you could always underperform totally. your way back there, but, like – but like, but like, you're not getting there in a in a little bit. You're getting it's gonna it, it's yeah. gonna take you some time. The only one thing I want to point out is there was a hilarious video. Um, the Bucks were playing the Raptors, oh, yeah. and I think Dante Dante threw it down at one point in time. And then the next one down the court, Lowry just basically yeah. like smacked him in the face. He's like, "It's not it's not happening again." It was good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gotta imagine that Lowry's actually played like pickup with him. Yeah, like, probably. Like at like probably in the Davis Center or something. Yeah. And he's just like, get that fucking shit out of here. I'm not. There's no. There's no part of this. I'm not. You're not playing games. Been, with been around guy, too long okay? for this. So he, yeah, yeah. He, he's a wily vet. He's just like, like, look, Bobby. I, I, no. I love you, man. But but you're not no. getting easy shit in my house. So. The, that, I thought nope. that was freaking hilarious because you have to know that Dante probably called him out <laughs> the game, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and Kyle's like, yeah, them, them's <laughs> the breaks. <laughs> you're going to come, yeah, you're going to come into the kitchen, you're going to get burnt. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. That wasn't even the right. It's all right. The, right yeah, the point, the like, point, point was, was well taken. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the league, the guys in the league are doing well. I don't think we're going to have any all stars here, but yeah, what are you going to do? Sorry. I don't think so. Not even Lowry? I don't think so. He's lost his debt. Um, yeah. I, I'm honestly not – I honestly wouldn't be shocked in the 
longer term to see Mikhail. I know we talked about that a little bit in a couple podcasts ago. I could honestly see Mikhail working his way one year at least onto an all-star roster. I mean, I hope you're right. He just needs to shoot, keep shooting the ball better, but but he will. All right. That's all we got. That's it. We'll be back at, at some point. That's all we got. Yeah, we're playing Georgetown next. We don't exactly know when the next podcast is going to be. It could be whenever. Keep you on your, keep you on your um, toes. Right now, yeah, yeah. Right now, we have no idea who's coming up next. Right now, it says Marquette, but it also says Georgetown on the schedule, too. So, for, like, we're supposed to play three more games against Georgetown. So, there's nothing – we have nothing to say here beyond, like, we're going to play Georgetown. Patrick Ewing is their coach. Peaceful protest. <laughs> we're not further previewing that game. That's it. That's all we got. Thank you for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.